This episode of The Patch is sponsored by Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere, on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com slash patch. That's HuluPlus.com slash patch. Hello, hey, everyone. Everybody. Welcome to The Patch. Welcome. This week, patch. welcome Gus, Bernie, Ashley, Gus. So I want to start off by saying we this episode is pre-taped. Uh, we're going to be busy filming uh, other things on Wednesday, so uh, we sadly will not be able to interact via Twitter. But uh, like we'll, we'll, be, we'll be here to what talk. What will we be filming? I don't know if I can say. What's so that? We're, I don't know if I can say. Probably so shouldn't say. We're filming. Because it's Secrets. immersion. Uh, <laughs> <hey>, uh, <laughs> uh, so nonetheless, we're here to talk about video games. Uh, we do every week, and uh, we've got a list of topics to cover. I felt like the list was a little lighter than normal this week. Are you kidding me? That list that we compiled was pretty long. I'm looking at it right now. There's some, there's some good stuff to talk about in there. there we've, definitely we've, is. we've had longer. Are you kidding? Like in January well, we had longer? That's true. In, in, in comparison to last week, so we were trying to get through two weeks of news... It's going to seem a little bit slow, but we'll actually have time to talk about things and argue, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yay. I love arguing. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> first bit of news that I have listed here is, I guess, uh, there's a new trailer for Bioshock Infinite's upcoming DLC, Burial at Sea Part 2. I don't know if you've seen it. I guess it's the beginning cinematic, maybe? So, that would have come out this morning. Was Ashley given the been- opportunity to rebut our criticism of Bioshock Infinite on the Game of the Year podcast. We discussed it briefly last week, and what it came down to for me is um, a lot of the criticisms that you made, like the fact that they went from stepping into another world being a big deal to just like, eh, I don't like my shoes this morning. Let's step into another world. (laughs) Um, You know, that... I think that that was a a valid criticism. I think that, you know, if if that's something you care about, that makes sense. I think that it should be a big deal to leave... When you get down to it, everything you've ever known and step into a world that you don't know what's going to happen should be a big deal. Um, and it does become decre- like decreasingly so. Could be a problem. I didn't think about it while I was playing. I didn't think about it until anyone else pointed it out. It at no point while playing lessened my enjoyment. And in the end, my enjoyment is what I care about. And you know what? All you gotta- y'all can go do what you like. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'll play my game. See, um, and that's part of the reason why we don't criticize a lot like we don't do video game reviews and the game of the year stuff is the closest we get to it is that there's a lot of people who really liked it you got to give credit to irrational for making a story in a very complex universe a multiverse and they told a story that a lot of people were able to digest and they liked it yeah. and it's like so to sit there and say the reasons you don't like it i don't want to ruin anybody else's enjoyment it's a beautiful i mean it's a beautiful mm-hmm. game yeah. I think there's there's fun things about it. It just wasn't my favorite game of the year. And I think people think that we didn't like Bioshock Infinite. I actually really liked Bioshock Infinite a lot. You know, I'm not a big fan of the combat. You played it twice. I did. And I played on 1999 mode. Yeah. I think- just, to, just, to, just to outdo me in the achievement race. Still a little bit slower about <laughs> you, that. Are you ever going to finish 1999 mode? No. no there's okay. no reason like, to know. The, the only reason that I care is because we were having the achievement race. We discussed this last week, too, is that like I don't often thousand-point games... Because I just don't care. That's not completion to me. How dare you? <laughs> I know this is this is an area where we greatly differ. But Very I just, <laughs> I like it's just not my thing, you know. So I will never complete 1999 mode. It doesn't matter that much to me. Yeah, what I always say uh, when it comes down to those kinds of achievements is I don't want someone else telling me how to play the game. Like I'm going to play the game through my experience, and that's it. I'm not going to go back and 
do stuff I don't want to do. Okay, that's fair. I get it. So Burial at Sea, the new trailer for the second part of Burial at Sea has come out. doesn't have a release date on it, but it did show, uh, you know, some... Narrative spoilers, if you will. Now, last last um, year when they were an- initially announcing the Burial at Sea stuff, they did say that they were planning on releasing it quite early. So it's probably going to be next month. I would say March at the latest. You know, we were just talking about this because there's no dates yet released for the last three lost episodes of Dead Rising 3's lost episodes, right. the DLC that they're doing. Uh, but from what I understand, that 13-gig patch they put out, I was looking through the patch notes – and there were elements in that that they were updating stuff for the upcoming DLC. Right. They said there were assets for upcoming DLC in there as well. Right. Like they were updating this art asset or something mm-hmm. like that, which says to me that it's all in there and they're just waiting to unlock it. Is that too big of a stretch to assume that? Oh, I mean, they could also still be finishing up other things. Like you can put the art asset in there. Maybe the story's not completely done or there's still some scripting to work out. Yeah, but I, I, almost like preloading, if you will, like Steam does sometimes, like mm-hmm. when they do a big release. But why would they do that? Why would they make a 13 gig update even bigger i would Why say not like, they, they probably reached a point where it was huge like eh, fuck it man let's just keep going <laughs> just put it all in there they're setting a record at that point <laughs> if, they're, if they're all working through that stuff then as things get done then they can go we'll just put it in this update that we're putting out anyway yeah um and that way the next update doesn't have to be as big but i'd be very surprised if they're completely finished with them already and haven't announced them yeah. At, at the very least, if they're done, I would expect them to know exactly when they want to unlock right. them. And I, want to I, s- I don't think that's it. the case. Oh, you don't think it is? Okay. I think that they – I absolutely believe you that they've probably put in assets for future DLC. I don't think that necessarily means that it's the complete DLC. Yeah. I mean, that's – I'd love to see the tail on, like, DLC. Like, by the time they get to the fourth and fifth one, how many people have just dropped out of that game by that point and right. are just not interested. You, I mean, I think the people who would be interested are diehard. I feel like there is a little bit of a drop-off. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the big drop-off is from the core game to DLC, right. and then it's probably incremental at that point. And I'm sure multiplayer plays a part in it, whether it's single-player campaign editions, or if there's a new game already developed, like the next iteration of the franchise right. has been developed, or been announced, I mean. So, um, that, that actually ties into something else that I have on my list to talk about. I guess Naughty Dog announced that this... Uh, upcoming DLC will be the only story DLC they're releasing for Last of Us. Which I find interesting, especially for Naughty Dog being a very cinematic, story-driven company. Yeah, well, I guess the the first one was multiplayer. This second one, which they've announced, is coming out on February uh, 14th. Valentine's, on Valentine's Day. Day. So we can all have a romantic zombie holiday. Uh, and then the, the third one is going to be multiplayer as well. So I don't know why everyone's kind of surprised by that. They said initially that the um, their season pass or whatever it is um, will contain two multiplayer and one single player. The single player, we know what that is. So yeah. why are people surprised that there's not going to be more? Yeah, that, that leads me to the question, is there going to be any more at all? Like they said explicitly, there's not going to be any more campaign. You think there DLC. might not be any more multiplayer either? No, maybe not. I mean, if the season pass covered two multiplayers how, and one campaign, it, here we are at the end of it. How big is Naughty Dog? Can they develop two AAA titles they're simultaneously? Because I know they're, they announced they're working on a new Uncharted. Yeah, but they also said that that's probably not going to be out this year. So it's still pretty early in development. Okay. But that's still, I mean, they're still dedicating a team to that. So it's like, do they have enough resources to then be developing something else simultaneously? I mean, they have a lot of people. 
Hmm. They were they were what a whole floor of a building. Yeah, no, it was yeah. They were more than that. I mean, it was huge. They we got to go visit oh. them and take a tour of the place when they we went to VidCon, <laughs> and it was it was just after they released Last of Us. So it's that post release where everyone's just gone. Mm-hmm. You know, they finally get to take a vacation after two years of crunch. Right. Uh, I'm not sure if that was their crunch, but yeah, but it was it was a lot of space that they had. They also developers. they also released the opening cinematic for that Left Behind DLC as well, and you can watch I guess the the opening interaction between Ellie and Riley. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah, like it, a two and a half minute. Cinematic. It's, it's supposed to be pretty cute. Like it's a little bit more lighthearted, obviously, because it's you know it's two, it's two you know young girls hanging out and bonding, and this whole thing hasn't happened to Ellie yet. So it's sort of like before it gets dark. Not to get too spoilerish, but I mean, I think you know the Valentine's Day release as well. I think there's an implied relationship between those two characters. I got that in the last, uh, like towards the end of Last of Us when Ellie was talking about it. Yeah. Adam just finished, Adam Baird just finished Last of Us. I, so I rewatched the ending because I saw him finish it. It's great, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like one of those things where you tell someone to play something for long enough, and then when they finally do it, they take them back and tell you how great it <laughs> yeah. is. And they have a lot of fun with it. So you, Kind of like how you guys do with me in Game of Thrones. Pretty much. <laughs> I, just, I just finished the – I'm halfway through the fourth book now. Okay. Ashley, for my birthday, got me a paper white, like one of those Kindle paper whites. Okay. I, I love it. It's a front lit but back lit display. So it's the display's lit, but it's lit sort of like from the front and the sides going into the paper instead of going out to your eyes, so you can read it for hours without getting eye strain. Kindle's okay. got that display stuff it's down. Pretty man. Great. They really do. That that e ink or whatever they had in the first Kindle was crazy. To it's me. really cool. Yeah. And they've kept that this whole time. But before we get too far away from it, the Barrel at Sea, the trailer. Did you guys watch it? I mean, yeah. what did you think of it? I haven't watched it yet. So it's uh, they take the multiverse thing to another extreme where they have characters from different games that are in the same room, and some characters can see the others, but others can't see them. So it's and it's I would like to see their explanation of that now. I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get there very quickly. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, did you guys see that um, people writing that uh, Gone Home and Bioshock share the same universe? I saw that. That's so no. because, because I guess in. Uh, in Bioshock, or you, you explain it. You're actually, obviously um, looking at the story. Well, yeah, I've, so I've actually got an, an article on Polygon pulled up, and it just says um, uh, the connection that connection links to Minerva's Den. Download con- downloadable content for Bioshock Two, a title that um, I guess the Gone Home guy worked on. So um, yeah, in it, the DLC, players can find a video game created in the '50s called Spitfire. Gone Home plays homage to this with Super Nintendo title Super Spitfire. Even the game's publisher, CMP Interactive, is a nod to Minerva's Den protagonist Charles Milton Porter. Um, I remember picking up that Super Spitfire cartridge in Gone Home, and being like, <laughs> "What is this?" And then he he goes on to say, "In a um, in, again, in a totally non." Legitimous way, we are very we very lightly imply that Bioshock takes place in the same universe as System Shock. So in theory, if you were able to make a lot of logical leaps, all those games have been linked together by our ridiculous retconning. But I like that he said in a non litigious way, yeah, litigious. in a don't sue us kind <laughs> of a way, like don't sue us, <laughs> but they take place in your universe. Okay, so well that leads us into another story uh, that I think is really relevant. Uh, Gus sent out the trailer for Shadow of Mordor. Oh right, the one we the, just uh, watched, the eight minute gameplay video. Yeah, yeah, it's the one. It's an alpha code one, which is crazy. No, it's a pre-alpha code. It's pre-alpha. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of kidding me. <laughs> and it's being developed by Monolith. Monolith, right? Yeah. And uh, who previously developed uh, um, Fear to begin Ma- with? Fear, Matrix Online, um, um, and several Lord of the Rings games. I heard Matrix. Oh, do they do the RTS games that everybody loves on uh, uh, the Lord uh, of the Rings? Do they do those? Uh, I don't. I don't think, think they so. did those okay. ones. Uh, but, but I'm looking it up right now just to to clarify exactly which ones <coughs> they did um, because. 
you know, the Lord of the Rings games are spread out over mm-hmm. several. I know, for example, that they did not make Lego Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I think Good Travelers call. has that locked down. Nor did they make the movies. That was somebody else down in New Zealand. But this <laughs> Shadow of Mortar trailer, it focuses primarily on what they call their nemesis system. Guardians of Middle Earth. That was their last one. Guardians of Middle Earth. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was almost like the Gauntlet I want to say that was like a MOBA. One. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, um... They, uh, they showed this nemesis system, which is where it creates villains uh, and your, your nemesis, basically, in, the, in your playthrough. That are uniquely, unique to yeah. your playthrough, yeah. yeah. So, so it's got character generation that's almost like procedural. Your mm-hmm. actions in the world create these nemesis who then react to you based on what you've done to them and their friends in the past. Well, and it's cool because it also generates an entire like, branching quest system. For dealing with this nemesis, like um, in the in that gameplay demo, it showed you taking control of of uh, nemesis and then sending him off to assassinate another guy. And so, by doing that, it created a, a series of missions or a, one mission or a series of missions in that vein, so you could follow that through, follow that guy to the assassination attempt, and finish everyone off if you want. Right, and, and I think even in that trailer, they acknowledge that the person you sent to perform the assassination has a very low chance of success. Well, which that, you just that, hope to disrupt it. And well, that that in partic- that guy in particular right. has a low chance of success, and you can actually like you can as you're picking his assassination target, you can see what the likelihood that they'll succeed is. Yeah. So you can be like, oh, I better finish, I better follow, and make sure this all goes according to plan. Mm-hmm. But it looks to, de- so cool. to describe the game, it's basically looks like Assassin's Creed Middle Earth is what it looks like. That that's the, yeah. that uh, is uh, definitely the comparison with a lot of a, a lot of additional <laughs> layers added in. It looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, they, I have to say it looked amazing. I normally don't like watching teasers that are that long that for a game that's that far out. But that was definitely worth. Yeah, watching. that was like, like a, eight minutes long. That was like a tech lecture, you know. Of like, it was a, definitely a presentation. It wasn't even really a trailer. It right. was, but I'm kind of glad they did it because. So when they announced the game, they uh, they did say they talked about this nemesis system. They said that it would have these uh, these enemies who they get away and they can be promoted and they remember you and hold a grudge and become your personal nemesis. And it said all that in the in the announcement. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds kind of cool. But actually being able to see them work through the formation and use of, like, of a nemesis right. well, was really, like, that sort of drove it home to me. Well, I'm really glad y- they did it. You it's hear cool. that announcement, right, <laughs> when they're describing the game, and then you're afraid you're going to get Molly nude. You're like, yeah, you're saying you're going to do this, that. but how's it actually going to work? Too. But then, So then to actually see it in action, like, coded and working is, uh, is really reassuring. But, now that, but there, you Poor can, Molly, you can fill in some blanks. You just became a verb. <laughs> <laughs> you just became a verb for overpromising. <laughs> you got Molly nude. Uh, but uh, in the thing, though, they do make flowery promises, but really a lot of that could be scripted and the narrator is telling you what you're seeing. True. Like it's saying like uh, the nemesis will remember your previous battle and you wounded him. And he goes – and I got to say they nailed the voice acting. They sound like orcs and trolls from the Lord of the Rings movies. At least I, you know, they nailed the voice acting as it, as it was in the Peter Jackson movies. Like he picks somebody and goes, he goes, yeah, you burned my face last time. It's like – Okay, and his face was burned, but it's like that could definitely be scripted in there. You know, there could be right. like four or five iterations of this, well, but they make I, it sound like, like did infinite. you burn his face or did you burn his hand or did you burn his foot? Like, what's he, what's he going to say? Well, right. I mean, I imagine that they could Stab come up shoulder. with they could come up with a wide range of scenarios. So while it's not like, oh, you burned my little toe, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like down to that sort of granularity, my, they my, probably it probably can go through and remember. Or like we spent specific... a lovely evening together, and now you're betraying <laughs> my me. signature move. <laughs> my signature, be that open world. My signature move is going to be burning dicks. So. <laughs> Exactly. Let you burn the orc dicks. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm like, <laughs> you burn me in the dick. Oh. <laughs> I mean, how many iterations could they possibly? Do? So it is. It, it looks very ambitious, 
And if they deliver on even you know a quarter of what's there, it'll still be a very impressive game. And yeah. it looks great for pre-alpha code. Yeah, yeah. it looks. I mean, it's a. It, it is a demo, so they have that opportunity to get the gameplay mechanics in place, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, they're very much, like, build the scenario. Like, they only build the buildings and all that that they specifically need. It's very controlled. It, a is, very very, small it is very peak. controlled. But they could also have possibly made their work a tiny bit easier by maybe potentially using assets from other games, like, say, Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard about this, right. um, but um, a former... Ubisoft developer who worked on, I want to say it was Assassin's Creed 2, um, he saw that demo the day it came out, and he tweeted uh, that he recognized the assets. Yeah. Like, some of the assets. I don't think he clarified which ones. I'm not sure if it was an animation or hmm. a plank of wood or or what exactly, but he said that it looked GameSpot like, quoted him as saying, I spent two years staring at Assassin's Creed 2. I know it when I see it. That's what he said. That's, but that's kind of that, vague. Like, what, what does he mean? Tenuous. I don't know. That's. And he also wrote. He he wrote apparently on Twitter or on a blog or something. He wrote, "Check it out, guys! I apparently made a Middle Earth game." And he linked to the Shadow of Mortar walkthrough. Uh, then he followed up with a comment. I know I don't have any legal rights to what I did on Assassin's Creed 2, so he knows he doesn't. But I sure hope I get a special thanks on that Middle Earth game. That's kind of well, douchey, isn't it? Well, then you know what? Bad. Then you know what? If he's gonna, if he's gonna, that's really passive aggressive. I don't appreciate it. I would like him to tell us what, he, like, what it is that he thinks he recognized. Yeah. Because here's the thing: he's a former developer. He had, like, let's say they are using assets from Assassin's Creed. Why couldn't they be licensed? Yeah. Or like, how do you even I mean, grab he, those assets you know, to be able to use them? Some from companies do that. Game. Some don't. Does Ubisoft ever license out their tech? I I don't know. Epic um, does. I know that. Um, it that does. You, I know that Ubisoft has licensed tech from others. Like, like the original Far Cry was built on Crytek. And oh, actually, the original Far Cry was built by Crytek. I don't know what I'm saying, but uh, <laughs> I think Far Cry. By the time I got to Far Cry 2, when Ubisoft actually developed it, they were still using the Crytek engine. Does Ubisoft uh, do they distribute Crisis? No. no, so EA, there is EA, EA publishes uh, uh, yeah. Crisis. So there is some kind of crossover there with an existing franchise. I mean, Crytek is like the is like the Doom, you know, the tech demo mm-hmm. essentially game franchise sure. for Crytek for, for the engine. You know, yeah. so they could like if they decided they wanted to make an open world game and licensed whatever Assassin's Creed engine it was that made that, then who knows what comes with uh-huh. it. Yeah. Um, but still, it's it's interesting to note, like it's to see that we all look at it and we go, oh, it kind of looks like Assassin's Creed, and they go. Maybe more than we realize. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's something something more there. <laughs> you, yeah, you um, really never know. So, but the climbing does look very Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, uh, Assassin's Creed has that whole, like, uh, parkour combat system down. It you know? is true that I feel like any game that incorporates that at this point is going to be compared to Assassin's Creed to some degree. Mm-hmm. But uh, what Monolith compared it to much more was more like the Batman Arkham games, I think. Okay. Yeah, uh, which also has a lot of that scaling buildings, jumping and, down and on people, exactly and like navigating the environment to get the drop on everyone, mm-hmm. and that's what they want you to do in this game too. So Assassins doesn't have exclusive right. rights. So yeah, it, it, that is your point. That I mean, that kind of makes sense. Batman also has like the counter system mm-hmm. and tackling and a lot of those same features. Yeah, and it, you know we know that Shadow of Mordor has run into problems with this kind of thing before because their original name was Candy of Mordor Saga. So <laughs> <laughs> they had to change that for trademark reasons. Luckily, they were able to avoid going to court over Jeez, that. That's fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Gus. Speaking of, uh, we, before we get too far off this side, I do want to talk about something else. Yeah, yeah. With the Shadow of Mordor. Uh, 
there was always something that I wanted to play with, but I couldn't, which was the system that they used to build all the huge battles in the Lord of the Rings movies, the original oh, trilogy. Massive? Massive was the name of the software mm-hmm. system, and it's how they ran all those huge battles, like especially in Return of the King, where uh, they didn't animate all of those. They built a system to make those battles. And then they would just run the battles and then pick the best ones. And basically what they did was they programmed what they called agents, where there was a human agent and there was an orc agent. When a human gets close to an orc, it takes a swing. If it gets hit once, it fights back. If it gets hit again, it falls down and dies. Like they were programming rules like that. And then they would just run the battles. And then if there were like humans that acted differently or orcs that acted wrong, like they got on top of rocks or something, they just <laughs> deleted those individual agents. And then they used those. That, if that system was ever released, people would just play with that all day yeah. long. Absolutely. Yeah. You'd just be recreating battles. Just like the battle maker. Yeah. Just for a machinima tool, that would be amazing. Well, not only that, but like imagine the historical simulations you could run. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like all the different battles, you could be like, it might have looked something like this. It's like, I really Although, like Braveheart. I, I want to see what that yeah. looks like Although, in a computer simulation. Civil War reenactors might not appreciate that very much. So they've they, kind of got the corner on the market. They don't right have now. to go outside. They can stay in on the weekend. <laughs> they can but sell it, that musket. But it would also be a lot of fun because you could say, like, what if they didn't have. Uh, you know, the ring race in the battle. Could they have won? You know, or what if they didn't have this? You it's know? almost like it's almost like super nerdy fantasy football. Oh my it's god! Like, <laughs> it's your favorite, your favorite agents, and you put them out on the field. Like. But, but when I saw them when Monolith released this video, and they were talking about the Nemesis, Nemesis system and like all the different iterations of it, I it reminded me of the massive system and how much I wanted to always play with that. And I'm sure they're probably going to use a newer version of Massive for the next Hobbit movie uh, for the Battle of Five Armies. Oh, so, that's going to be enormous. Yeah. I can't wait for that. That should be really cool. Yeah. Here, let me read this. All right, go ahead. Uh, I want to remind everyone that this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Hulu Plus. You've probably tried Hulu.com. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and movies in the living room or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite TV shows like SNL, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Shark Tank, and Scandal. Watch every episode of shows like Lost, Law & Order SVU, Doctor Who, and Community. You can also check out exclusive content including Hulu originals like The Wrong Man's and Behind the Mask, Hulu's new docuseries that takes you inside the world of sports mascots. You'll also get access to a collection of ad-free movies and kids' content. For only $7.99 a month, catch up on current shows, binge on old favorites, or catch a great movie. Stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash patch. Special offer for our listeners. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash patch. Get your extended free trial. They know that we sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com slash patch for your extended two-week free trial. Great and service. I always want to point out whenever we talk about Hulu on the patch that, that Hulu does have a, an entire video game section. Uh, they feature trailers and all that. So uh, you should definitely check it out if you get a chance. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about licensing uh, technology. And uh, one of the other big stories they, from they this They even week, have an OUYA section. An Ouya section? <laughs> yeah, latest games available on Ouya. Didn't I'll one of the co-founders leave Ouya just recently? I'm yes. pretty sure he did. I did. That's not in my list of topics, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't have any more information other than to agree with you. Neither do I, but guys, the co-founder left Ouya. Um, so <laughs> we, where will he go next? <laughs> we were talking about licensing. Uh, one of the big stories from the week is that Microsoft now owns the Gears of War franchise. Yep. They bought the franchise from Epic and are having a studio in Vancouver called Black Tusk work on the franchise now. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, Black Tusk had a trailer during E3 this past year. What was their trailer? It wasn't for any specific game. It was just like 
uh, a guy like secret agent kind of mission thing. It was kind of futuristic, and it, it, there was no name of a game. It just said Black Tusk Studios. See, there was was that, that during the E three announcements? During yeah. the Xbox One like big thing? Right. I literally don't remember that. I don't remember you, it at all. You, if you look at if you look it up, we'll we'll link to it. You can watch it. It's like a thirty second. It's called the Black Tusk Game Project E three two thousand thirteen teaser. Yep. Well, see, here's the weird thing about that. So I um. I actually didn't remember that at all, but uh, Black Tusk... We were uh, there. We were, we were there. <laughs> I still don't remember it. Um, but I guess Black Tusk has been uh, tasked with, I guess, creating a new rival, like some, like a big new franchise, like something to rival Halo-level popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I guess, now in addition to the, the Gears of War work they're doing. Or maybe that is the Gears of War work they're doing. I- but they've also been working since, like, 2012. Mm-hmm. And if they've got this secret project, then I doubt they're going to halt work on it entirely. Mm-hmm. Unless it hasn't gone as well as expected and they just decided to drop it and now do Gears. Ben... Which is entirely possible. There's ben, a lot of projects that you never actually end up hearing about because they get scrapped before they get to that point. Yeah. Sometimes for the better. Yes. Um, ben... I don't know how to say his name. Ben Kuchera, formerly of the PA Report, had yeah. an article on... Uh, Poly- Polygon. Now Polygon. Yeah. He had an article on Polygon today talking about how excited he is about this considering how well Microsoft did with the Halo transition from Bungie to 343, saying that he's very hopeful... Uh, watching Black Tusk take over for Epic well, and on they, this franchise, and they do have Rod Ferguson, who's going to be uh, you know essentially leading the project, and he did lead on Gears of War as well. He was the senior producer for two and the director of production for um, three. And I don't know um, how close his relationship was on Judgment, since that mm-hmm. was developed by their subsidiary, something human. Pe- people who can Free fly. People. people who can fly. There we go. <laughs> it was, I was like people. Humans Who has, of some kind. They've since been renamed <laughs> Epic Poland because they're based out yes, of Poland. Yeah, so um, I don't know like how close it was the development uh, relationship was there, but I mean he's he is you know he's gears as as much as Cliff Blazinski mm-hmm. ever was. So um, it's he and you know he's still going to be working on it. So that's a good sign, right? Yeah. That they've got that sort of leadership uh, role, even if they do have new developers. Behind I'm it. hopeful. You know, even I, I, even though in, re- in reading these articles, I realized that I guess Gears of War Judgment didn't sell as well as they hoped. I think it just sold like a million copies. Judgment was a great game. I never and, played it. Uh, I played you know, three, that, but that was not... handled by a separate developer, mm-hmm. and uh, it was definitely different uh, pacing wise and style wise than the other three. But I thought it was a it was an improvement. Well, you know, I have to say that considering the Judgment uh, was featuring a completely different main character, I would expect it to have a different style and different pacing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it's otherwise it's just. Dom with the new skin. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's it needs to have the game itself needs to have another personality. Yeah, the, the level the level design was broken up a bit into like more manageable chunks, and there were some new features added. And I thought it was a really really good game. I'm disappointed to hear it only sold a million. I, uh, I I dropped out of the Gears of War franchise after one. I mean, I thought it was a great game, and I liked it a lot. Um, it looked great on the Xbox 360. There were a lot of games that came out years later that didn't look as good as it. Mm-hmm. But it uh, I just never I never caught up. You know, mm-hmm. um, I wonder how how did Bulletstorm do. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Let me, that was, that was let an me Epic look that Games up for you. Release. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people were uh, pointing out that Cliffy B explicitly said, I'm not working on this. I'm not going to be well, working on the Gears I, of War franchise at Microsoft. But you have to explicitly say those things sometimes. He was probably being asked nonstop. He, he was being he asked probably nonstop. Had to make he, a statement. Yeah. He, he did say something about that. He said, like, people have been, you know, tweeting and asking me questions all day long. No, I'm not working on it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so and, we go back to, like, that announcement that Naughty Dog made about the multiplayer, single-player DLC – Sometimes you have to explicitly say these things so True. that people can point to it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really like show an agenda or anything like that. It's just you got you got to communicate. Otherwise, the rumor mill or you get enough tweets about it, then it just becomes like 
people read it enough times, they just think it's true. Right. Uh, yeah, in his statement saying that he's not okay. going to be working on it, he even said that, I guess, uh, Phil Spencer from Microsoft called him a week before the news was public to let him know that this was coming and that he really appreciated it. And Phil Spencer's a good guy. Yeah, it, was, it seemed like it was really, like really up, uh, upfront kind of people. So Bulletstorm sold um, just shy of a million units. Oh, and really? That's impressive. Epic, Epic blamed it on piracy. They said that was disappointing sales. Hmm. Blamed it on piracy. Was it was it was it a primarily a PC game or was it primarily a console? Game? Um, no, it was on Xbox 360. It was on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and Windows. So I guess the <coughs> Windows expected version it to sell sold more on the much PC? lower. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess maybe they had higher hopes for it. I mean, I think Epic is concentrating on Fortnite. Is everything that I've seen about. That game. Is that's the only game I'm aware of that they haven't developed. Yeah, Maybe that's I, why I think they're concentrating. Because <laughs> yeah. like, that's the only and one I know that's about. That's also Epic Poland working on that, I believe. Yeah, I think that's I think that's them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. I think Epic is maybe working on like new secret franchises or yeah. new secret projects. Dun, dun, dun. They've um, so at, when they sold Gears of War, everyone was like, "Oh, does this mean Epic is getting out of the games business and just?" selling their engine because yeah. you know that's doing so well for them and they said no we're working on stuff we're working on new stuff they're mm-hmm. just not ready to share what it is that's exciting no, that's when cool. was that's the really last exciting. unreal release unreal oh. tournament or just unreal 2004 there was unreal tournament 2004 and then there was there was unreal championship, unreal championship and i want to say there was an unreal championship too mm-hmm. but i don't think they've released one since then i would love a new unreal tournament that was the game that i played the original with uh, with playing um, CTF on Facebook. Maybe we'll see an Unreal uh, champ or an Unreal game with a single player with a story. No. <laughs> see, that's like, do, do, I feel like that I mean, genre, that type of game, doesn't exist anymore. Well, they had, they had, a, I think they sort of had a single player on Unreal Tournament originally, but it was just like. We're going to send you into many battles against bots. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. Eventually, you'll eventually you'll win the tournament. Unreal Tournament 3 was released in 2007. Was it... I don't remember Unreal Tournament 3 that that well. There was an Unreal Tournament 3? It had vehicles. Yeah. Vehicle capture the flag. Oh, don't we look stupid? Yeah. Why? Let's cut this out of the podcast. (laughs) I guess we we really... But that's 2007. That's still coming up on, like, what, eight years ago uh, when that was released. Mm -hmm. Nothing on Valve. What's that? (laughs) They got nothing on Valve. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And there's different editions of it. Like, there's a Titan pack and a Black edition as well. Uh, the, you know, some of those collector's editions or re-releases took it all the way up to 2009. But yeah, they, did you know that there was even an Unreal Championship two? Yeah, yeah, I, she said. I, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was have busy that, reading. But yeah, missed, yeah. missed the three, and now, now I'm sad. With I, I, I do think though that uh, an iteration of the Unreal series is is long overdue. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be another one of those games though that I'm gonna be honest will like it'll be a little bit weird without. Blazinski, because he was on board with them from Unreal Tournament onwards. Like, he was one of their main level designers. Um, yeah. But I guess there's a lot well, of level designers in the world, so. Yeah, they've got a lot of people now, I'm sure. Just, I'm sure just, it's in good hands. If you, if you make a new Unreal Tournament, please do Facing World. <laughs> That's like probably the number one most requested uh, feature or map for Unreal. I really Facing hope World. so. It was so good. Yeah. And, you know, if they ever make a new Jazz Jackrabbit, that's, they got to get could he be back for that? I think he would. I think he would come back for that one. <laughs> the last release in 1994. Uh, I definitely need an update. That, for that and Commander Keen. Uh, can I? Can I tell you though? When we she talks about facing worlds, you know how you have like seminal moments in your video game career, like you can remember specific things. Mm-hmm. Are there big ones for you that like stand out? Like I finally did this, or I beat this game. And it like stands out for you. God, I'm sure there's so many. None, yeah. none that really stand out, but it, I mean that happens. Yeah, I had one. I had one this last weekend, and I can't believe it's going to be one that I remember <laughs> for a long time. 
So Ashley had never played Minecraft before, okay. ever. And I hadn't played Minecraft. I've never played Minecraft on a console. And, and by the way, a uh, little bit relevant to current events, uh, they just announced that Minecraft has sold now a million units on PS3. Yeah, they, 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 they can just port it to a new platform and print money. Minecraft might be the new Tetris. That they just, like, every time they make a new console, they will make Minecraft. Except the creator actually makes money off it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Where does the money for Tetris go? Is it just public KGB. domain or it just goes to the KGB. Russian government? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I, it's I don't probably know. like a stack of checks in some Russian <laughs> Russian office. There's like $10 billion worth of checks for all the Tetris If you ever name your child, like, Mr. Tetris, <laughs> you can redeem all the checks. But, uh, or if you beat... Uh, Vladimir Putin in an arm wrestling competition. Then you get it. Uh, but we were playing Minecraft. She'd never played Minecraft before, and I only played on PC, so we were playing it on PC. Uh, and it's also cross-platform with Mac. That game is so easy. Like, she's got oh, a world. She just hits open this world to the LAN, and then you can just join her game. Mm-hmm. It's, like, super easy. Uh, so we were all playing. We had four stations set up. It was us and the boys, and we were playing. Uh, on my birthday weekend, we played a bunch of Minecraft. That's all we did. And then we were playing ourselves, keeping our world going, and we were, like, getting into, like, farming and livestock herding and stuff. Then we found out we were in a jungle biome. I saw a cat, and I didn't know there were cats in Minecraft because mm-hmm. I dropped out before they'd updated that. I'm not gonna lie. It took you have to you could tame a cat. It took me three <laughs> hours to tame a cat. And when I finally tamed the cat, you're like I'm like creeping through this jungle with a raw fish in my hands, like this, following this cat. And I finally it finally comes up to me, and I feed it the fish and feed it the fish, and it turns into it goes from like a wild like leopard uh, texture to like a house cat. Right. And when it made that change, it was like I'm gonna remember this moment. <laughs> it stuck with me. He Taming was so proud. He was oh, so, was so proud. happy. And then he um, he went away. Um, he had to go to Florida, and so I dropped him off at the airport. And I came back, and I was like, I'm gonna get a cat. <laughs> it took, um, in terms of Minecraft, it took days and days because I guess it's a super rare spawn, and mm. it like if it gets too far away from you, it despawns. I learned a lot about they're this, very skittish. All, they run if you, if, you, if you move your mouse too quickly and you look too fast, they run mm. away from that. The, you, are you gonna become just, a crazy cat lady and just have a bunch of cats in your house? <laughs> well, now well, we can breed them. Yeah, oh, now we each have a cat. So mine turned into a Joe the cat, which is brilliant. I'm so happy. She actually has a cat, Siamese cat, and I have Joe the cat. Although Joe the cat is now her, her cat. <laughs> oh look, there's, oh, there's <laughs> she got Joe the cat. <laughs> so uh, she has a Joe the Cat in the in the game of Minecraft. You got to find like a, a a device to port Minecraft to, so Joe the Cat can join you in his little kitty version of Minecraft. He probably will. He, just, he does. He sits on my lap yeah. while we play. <laughs> I love the the the. the I mean, everyone's kind of. I don't know if people are sick to death of Minecraft yet or not, but the behaviors they, not. <laughs> the behaviors that they have programmed into uh, the cat are really funny. Like if you light the furnace, it goes and sits on top of the burning furnace, and it'll like they all sit on the bed. If you have a bed in the room and stuff like that. Or and sit in the sit window in the windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, you saw Joe in that picture was sitting on the window. It's so. super cute. Nice. Yeah. I, it's like I don't know what all I'm going to do to be happier. I'm going to get a horse. I'm going to get a wolf. And then I'm just going to be like Lord of the Animals just like riding through my Minecraft world. <laughs> I do hope they continue to update the game. That would be great. Like if they just add little things now and then. Because that game is so complex now. Pet yeah. goldfish? <laughs> just throwing it out there. Pet squid. I'm sure they're gonna. I'm sure they'll pet, keep adding. I mean, they sold birds. another million copies on PS3. When it comes out on PS4 and Xbox One, it's gonna be another couple million. I mean, why not? But I'll tell you why not. Because now that becomes the problem, right? Where as they have multiple platforms, a patch now is uh, it's a multiplier effect. Now it's really really hard to have across all these different platforms update the patch. You got to update Pocket Edition. Mm-hmm. You got to update PC and Mac. You got to update PS3. You got to update Xbox 360. Then the next gen consoles. Is the Pocket Edition developed by 4J, or is that developed by someone else? That's a good question. 
Because um, I know up. that 4J um, said that now that the PS3 edition has been released, they'll be updating it in parallel with the 360 version. Yeah. And I imagine that it will be a very similar process with the next-gen versions as well. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're able to find enough common ground that the rework isn't a huge deal. But the Pocket Edition... As long as they stay on it. I mean, why would they stay around working on the franchise just making patches every now and then? Money. Money. Lots well, of I mean, money. Lots, lots of money. According to... Um, but then the, they do skin packs. According to the App Store, Pocket Edition is developed by Mojang. It doesn't say 4J. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I'm sure they probably... I'm sure they probably had some developer. I, I'll tell you a crazy story. I was coming back from Miami from the trip, and I was sitting one row back on the plane in the aisle, and across from a kid who had an iPad where he's playing Pocket Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And I had just been playing it recently, so I was like, oh, it's kind of cool he's playing my- Pocket Minecraft. I watched the kid for five minutes. All he did was <laughs> kill animals. That's all he did for five minutes. And I wanted to like go to his parents and say, like, hey, you should really talk to your kid. I watched him kill like 80 sheep for no reason at all. It was a little creepy, I have to admit. That's like the game to him. It's like to be Run the only creature like, on the, in the world. He's and just, how old was this kid? He was like 10 or 11. Yeah. And he was just – he was pretty, you know – Good with the uh, touch controls. That's like how serial killers start, right? Yeah. <laughs> with animals. Yeah. If he had started to gather them into pens and breed them to kill them, then <laughs> Or build a killing way. machine. So <laughs> as they're born, they automatically get killed. Pushes them off cliffs. Yeah. Jeez. It was, uh, it was a little disturbing, I have to admit. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he was just trying to get enough food that he would never have to worry about it again. Yeah. But it, uh, maybe so. Ever, ever, <laughs> ever again. But uh, it is really fun to introduce somebody to Minecraft, even though the game's been around for now four or five years. Introduce somebody to watch it and watch how it just, like, it bites them, mm-hmm. you know, and it just takes hold of them. It was actually, like, I was. it was surprising. It's been one of those games for me that it's... It's around. Everyone talks about it. Mm-hmm. I've seen. I've seen screenshots of all these amazing worlds people build. You know, the achievement hunters have all these super elaborate let's plays that they do, and it just becomes sort of this part of a cultural conversation. But for me, it's almost like Pokemon, which I didn't even play until the until X came out, uh, because it's one of those things that I hear about it so much, and I've absorbed it into, like I, you know, so I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. You feel like you've already played it. Yeah, to some degree, I feel like I've already played it. Um, and I don't feel like this, the driving need to play it for some reason. It's, I don't know, it's a weird sort of, like, almost I feel like it's passed me by. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also, I mean, like you said, it's like so it's part late. of culture. You don't want to feel left out. Even though you know about it and you see videos and you hear about it, there's also a different experience to actually go in and play it yourself. Uh, wait, it, wait till it, she sees oh the my, console version oh. of it. You're, she's such a snob when it comes to the books with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Is it, That's going to apply to you with Minecraft PC. <laughs> wait you see the console. They have all the recipes where you just scroll through them and just select what you want to make. You don't have to know the recipes. Uh, yeah. Perfect <laughs> 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 reaction. That's, that's half the fun, though. Like, I will say that he, uh, so he, he drops me into this randomly generated world, and he'd, um, he'd gone through, and he was, he was really sweet about it. He found a nice, like, a seed that looked like it had a lot of really cool stuff, and he, uh, he went and generated the world, and we went into it, and he was like, well, this doesn't look like what I generated, and it turns out that that was because it was, like, a beta version from 2011, so we have no idea what this world just generated. It's actually a complete mystery. Oh, it's like you're running, like, a super old version? Yeah. No, 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 no. the Dakota, the seed I got was for an older version. Oh, I see, yeah. I yeah. see, okay, so, okay. Um, and so he's like, all right, so now you'll want to chop down this tree, and you're going to need to make an axe, and you do this stuff, get a whole bunch of wood. All right, now night is coming, and you're going to need to do this, you're going to need to make a shelter. 
I don't mind telling you, I got so stressed out that first night mm-hmm. hearing stuff out there. The sun was going down, and I was terrified. Things are going to come for me. I've got a wood axe. Yeah. It was, like, just, it, it really got into my, like, sort of, like, human caveman instincts. Yeah. The first day is always a race. It's like, am I going to get enough shit to, it's cold, basically. to get through this? Yeah. Yeah, I basically yeah. just, like, had to, like, bury myself and then just, like, Wait. <laughs> but, so, if you haven't heard of this game, it's called Minecraft. You should check it out. It's, a, my, it's, a, it's an indie game. It's, you might not have heard of it. developer, so help them out. It's in pre-release right now. Early access. <laughs> no, no, they, they, they're, they're, they finally released. They're, they're, no, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, Do you consider... I'm just talking about how slowpoke we are. This is Welcome to the Patch 2010, <laughs> Is Is 1.0, that's... Like that's when released. developers finally decide they, mm-hmm. to give something a 1.0, that's that's released. There's a mm-hmm. box version of Minecraft out there that I imagine will be worth some money someday. A box version, mm-hmm. like on, it on comes the shelf, in... comes in a box. Interesting. Wow. I've never seen that. Yeah, I've seen the cards, like the digital codes you can buy to get the game. I do think it's really interesting, um, and you pointed this out that Minecraft isn't on Steam. Hmm. That's where I would like when I was gonna go ahead and give it a try. That's where I would have gone to look for it. No, not there. They don't. I need, guess why do they? Yeah, why would they like, give a cut like, to Valve? Yo, yeah. we don't need this. They probably got enough of a fan base early on. They just kept distributing it themselves. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's been it's been popular since almost before the rise of Steam. Not since since Steam's been out because Steam's been out for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But since Steam really took off, yeah, gained some momentum, gained yep. some steam. Oh, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you hang out with Barbara too much. Um, <laughs> Also, there was uh, other news this week. I guess uh, Respawn announced that the 360 version of Titanfall is being developed by a different studio. Uh, is it Bluepoint? Yeah, Bluepoint. They're an Austin-based developer. Oh, are they? I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. I looked them up. It said, it said in the article that you sent out, it said it was a uh, – let me see if I can quote this. This is a joystick article. Uh, it says they're a Texas-based developer, but they're actually here in Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I looked them Austin. up. They had worked on a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, they did a lot of ports for uh, PlayStation uh, first-party Sony titles. Like, uh, they did Ico. Is Ico first-party? I guess maybe not. Yeah, Wait. Uh, I thought it was. But they, they did, did Ico, Shadow of the oh, Colossus. Did they do the, the Wait, HD remake, I, maybe? Yes. That's okay, I was, was. was going to okay, say, yeah. I was going to get really confused, because I was like, I don't think Ico came out for any other platform. So what were they porting? Yeah, they, they probably did the But that the makes PS3 a lot of version. sense. But they also, did, they also did the PS4 and Vita ports of Flower, which I consider to be okay. like a very... Wow. That's a very unique, specific... Uh, Sony game mm-hmm. or PlayStation Absolutely. game that if they trusted them with that, I, I you know I had not previously heard of Bluepoint specifically, but yeah, well, they're, they're, they're based there's here in a lot of studios that make a name for themselves like that, where it's like they don't necessarily develop their own property; they take other people's property and then port it or contribute and add polish to it. Uh, like certain Affinity is uh, very similar in the same way; they're also Austin-based. Yeah, and uh, you know most people may not have heard of them if they don't sit through video game credits, but they work on. Call of Duty games. They work on Halo. They, they work on... ported Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the guys who ported Left 4 Dead to the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they've worked on a, a lot of like major franchises, making them even better. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and wasn't we're big it... fans of certain Affinity. <laughs> so, uh, and wasn't it so? And the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition was ported to the PS4 and Xbox One by completely different companies. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's they were. Okay. They were. Which you know could. Possibly, I guess, contribute to why the frame rate is different on the two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, aside from all the the like, oh, Xbox One, stir up the fanboys, stir up the console war. Is the uh, 360 release date for Titanfall the same as the Xbox One? Uh, yeah, I want to say it's coming out March for 11th? all of them yeah. on March 11th. Pre-order on the Xbox and be the first to get it on March 11th. Yeah, that's interesting. If you were Microsoft, would you make it exclusive to the Xbox One for a window? 
even away from the 360? Well, they did that even um, with Spartan I, Assault. I, I for wouldn't a couple on weeks. this one. And the reason that I wouldn't on this one is because this is a. It's a new IP for the studio, and they want to try and build it as much as... They need to try and get as momentum, as much momentum as possible. You know, they already, they've already said that um, they don't expect it to do well as a, an established franchise like a Call of Duty or a Halo. Mm-hmm. But they want it to do well so that they can then go on to make an Xbox One exclusive, probably. Hmm. I think that Titanfall... And infamous second son for the PlayStation Four. I think those coming along and those being in the pipeline. I now feel Titanfall. No, no, I'm saying Titanfall for the Xbox oh, One okay. <laughs> and infamous second son for PlayStation Four. I think those two things being in the pipeline. Those feel like okay. Here we go. Now we're starting to get those next gen releases. It's, it's are, the big I'm, games post launch that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I'm excited for infamous second son. They like just put every, out a video this week, didn't they? Yeah, it was a really cool video. It was just showing how they um, how they sort of digitized Seattle. It looks gorgeous. Like there's like every time I see something for Infamous Second Son, and I don't know a lot about the Infamous series in general. I know that you know this guy's going to absorb neon powers and then be able to use them, and that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> but that's really the extent of what I know about the, the the series itself. So every time I see something about this coming into it, just like with totally new eyes, looks amazing. Yeah, every, I just get more and more excited. I wish it had come out at launch. Yeah, I wish well, it had been like that one launch title that just like blows you away because we haven't used the ps4 very much i you know we played um have we used Contrast. the xbox one all that much though either well I you've mean, been honestly? playing you've been playing left for dead, dead and, rising um, 3. Yeah. sorry dead rising 3 jesus come on <laughs> mixing up my zombie games and um now you're in trouble for calling left for dead as <laughs> I mean, <laughs> i'm so in so much trouble they're not zombies they're infected well, yeah, but you could no, say... It's, it's, it's no, totally no, no, fine. it's totally okay. fine to call it... A- you're, with friend, um, you're with friends here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a safe um, place. <laughs> so you've been, sorry, you've been playing on Dead Rising 3 and um, some Peggle and Xbox One. I think that's what I started playing Assassin's Creed 4 on. Right. Um, the other day I well, had I had the next-gen experience I think that they want me to have where I was just kind of grinding out some of the zombie killing on Dead Rising 3 and in a snap window, I put Netflix, and I was watching Jack Reacher, the Tom Cruise movie, yeah. think, or something, and I had it in a snap window. That was actually pretty cool, because yeah. I had a little Netflix window playing a movie, and I'm, like, just grinding it out. I wish there was a way to control the volume of the two windows independently. I had to lower in the options for Dead Rising 3. I had to lower all that stuff yeah. down. You gotta, yeah, you got to balance it in menu instead of toggling. I don't know how you would do it. Otherwise, other Jack way, Reacher yeah. had the weirdest background extra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm still, I'll be honest, I'm still, it's still not entirely clear to me, like, when I have two snap windows, like, which one I'm controlling, and I just want to go over to this one and pause, but yeah. I just do all that with voice commands now. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's a little bit easier. It's, it's interesting. It's really, really, it's out there. It's, it's getting there. Um, I can't wait until they update the interface on the Xbox One, the, the yeah. overall UI, like, uh, what do they call that usually, the dashboard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, it needs a, a little more polish. Needs a little bit of help. Uh, people give me uh, comments of like pinning stuff, and that really does help. Yeah, out. that's what I do. Anything I use, anything that I know I'm going to use frequently, I pin it because otherwise I'm like, oh, where the fuck is it? Mm-hmm. To dig down to menu, menu, menu. There it is. Yeah, they have started making some updates. Like uh, you were saying right after it launched, how we'd go into the store and you couldn't get back up to the higher categories and you couldn't specify which store you were going into. Was it store into movies? I couldn't get back up into games. Um, you know, and you, then you also said that they've updated that, so they are making you know small incremental improvements. Um, but I'm excited to see what the first big update does. Mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, that reminds me, on a PlayStation Plus, 
Uh, I think January freebies for PlayStation Plus have been revealed. Uh, this is an earlier article, but Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons, which oh, we talked about in the Game of Your Podcast, game. that's one of the free games for PlayStation Plus this you month. Absolutely play it. Yeah, that was yeah. so good, and it's not—it's not a long game. It's very much like Journey in that it's a very short. Ex- like it's a—it's short, but it's a, just an experience. You just get completely lost in it. It's like three hours. Yeah, it's like three hours. There's a there's a there's a new website. Well, I don't know how new it is. There's a new website to me that I've started using. I think I, I forget what the domain is. We'll link it. I think it's something like howlongtobeat.com. <laughs> and you type in a game name, and it tells you like median time to beat the game, median time to get 100 percent completion, median time. Really? Yeah, to do the all the missions and side quests, and it breaks it all down. And people like submit their different times, and you can see about how long of a time commitment that game is going to be. for Oh, you. that's cool. One of the things I like about the the Kindle that I got is it tells me how many minutes I have <laughs> left in my current chapter. Or in the whole book, which is just depressing. And then I try to, like, read faster. (laughs) I can make the Kindle more impressed by my reading speed. But, man, PlayStation Plus games for January. Uh, Brothers, Tale of Two Sons, uh, Devil May Cry, uh, Don't Starve, and Bioshock Infinite is a free game in January. PlayStation Plus has always done a um, really great job of offering new-ish games um, for free as opposed to when... Uh, when Xbox Live started doing the free games with gold or whatever it is they call that program, um, they were like, "Here's your Xbox 360 or your you know Xbox 360 launch title. Here you can get cameo." For, I think the for, first for one free. they did for that was Halo Three, or Halo Three was one of the first. I think Halo Three was they the did. second. Yeah, it was one of the big ones they did. Yeah, and it's like it's, it is a major franchise, but at that point I think it was like a six year old game, and uh, yeah, I, and I, I kind of. Thought well, maybe Microsoft will be just working through their back catalog, you know, because mm-hmm. they started the service. They You're not going to want to start with newer games and work back to older games, but yeah, we're not. I'm, they, I'm still waiting for them to catch up. They, they, did, uh, they have improved. Yeah, they did Sleeping Dogs in December, or yeah, yeah and I picked up yeah. Sleeping Dogs that way. I still haven't played it, but I got it. So you you were right. The site is howlongtobeat.com. Yeah, it's really handy. I use it all the time now. Ray would break that site. Uh, He's, Ray's gotten super into speed runs lately. Yeah, um, I don't think he does them himself, but he watches Main them story, a lot. three hours. Completionist, three and a half. <laughs> That's where I got my three-hour figure from. <laughs> I remember looking it up on there. Now, whenever I get into a game, I want to know what I'm, exactly what I'm getting into. That's really um, cool, actually. I, yeah, like, I like knowing that. Great idea. I can't believe no one had done it sooner. Um, so there was another news story this week, I guess, saying that League of Legends now has 27 million players a day. It's so crazy. What? Which is fucking huge. It's like three New Yorks. Yeah, <laughs> all fighting, MOBA style. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, I guess there was uh, another bit of news where uh, the UK porn filter was blocking a League of Legends update because in the URL, it just so happened that like a file name and a domain name came together and had the letters S-E-X. I think it was <laughs> chains extended. So the S in chains and the extended right. made the word sex. Wow, really? So, yeah, the, it was, uh, you couldn't patch unless you disabled the just, so just because the word sex is in the url mm-hmm. it's, it's not even the word sex it was just that the letters s e and x were close to right, each other right right yeah you know that's um i mean just the fact that we're talking about the uk porn filter that's a really weird thing to me mm-hmm. and it's like that it well, would catch something like here's this. Another, there's a uk porn filter well here's another weird thing about that is um isn't the uk always been much more comfortable with like sexual content than violent content. That's why that's one of the things where the U.S. is different to most other regions. Is Typically. The U.S. is super strict about sexual content in like all forms of entertainment of all kinds mm-hmm. um, or advertising, but open to violence. And most other regions are open to sexual content, but not violence. Mm-hmm. So, and yet they have a porn filter that's so strict 
The, if the words SEX are next to each other in a URL, it's blocked. Yeah, the way to fix it, I guess it only affects, it's, it's a new program, and it only affects anyone who signed up for a new ISP in this month. And the fix is to call your ISP and ask them to unblock porn. <laughs> <laughs> so you literally have to call and be like, can you turn the porn filter off? I can't download my League yeah. of Legends update. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, right, sure. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> there you go, download your updates. <laughs> I, got, I have a very specific porn I like. It's a 27 million group thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really, I'm into really specific stuff. It's, well, I mean, it is multiplayer, I suppose. <laughs> exactly right. Taking, taking that <laughs> d- definition to its most extreme possible literal interpretation. All right, let me see. 12 million players daily for the, the 7.5 million users. Uh, it, doesn't have the th- it doesn't have the name of the thing here. What are you looking for, the name? The name of the actual file. Oh, I had it. Yeah, it was like Change Extended or something There were, there like were two that. different ones. It was... It's right here. It's, I have all the images, but the... Te- not the te- okay, it's something Exerth Mage Chains Extended. Yep. .luaobg and there's another one Varus expiration timer so there's two of them there's two files scandalous how, how dare they put this in there two sexes in the League of Legends update wow it's a very so, sexy game yeah wow. we should be we should be protecting our children from that um, <laughs> in other news there was a Dreamcast title that finally launched this week. By the way, I want to congratulate you on actually trying to pronounce a League of Legends champion's name. I know. Wait, that can be one of the I most dangerous it, things I was, you oh, can do. Shit. I started, I was like, oh, shit, I'm fucked. You know what I like, though, is um, every time I go to look up how to pronounce one, <laughs> no one ever seems to agree. Right. Like, there was, um, there was one that I want to say was like, yeah, they'll just tell you that, that it's, it's wrong no matter what. There was one, it was, I want to say it was, it looked like... Severe or Siver, and all these people That's are it. like, "How do you pronounce?" And it's like, well, some people are like Siver, and some people are like Severe, and some people are like Siver. Others were like, "Shut the fuck up!" And but here's the funny thing: is people trying to, because um, it's it tends to be on message boards for the most part, so people are trying to explain pronunciations in text. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. Yeah. There was a what was the tournament they had for League of Legends, or was a release they did where they had to. Remove every single female champion except for one. Do you uh, remember that? I don't know. No, I don't remember that. I'll look it up while you guys talk about something else. What, uh, was it because of their outfits? It was where they were playing the game. I want to say, I'll, I'll, let me look it up so okay. I'm not, yeah. So I'll talk about this. This is just a quick note. Uh, so it was a Dreamcast space shooter called Redux Dark Matters, which was a Kickstarter game, which uh, has launched now f- almost 15 years after the Dreamcast came out. I guess it was a Kickstarter game that raised $53,000. That's actually really cool. And, I like uh, that. And you can get it. Yeah, I, really? it's, it's like a side-scrolling shooter, look, yeah. you space know, shooter. Look, if people on Kickstarter are going to say, yes, I'd love a new Dreamcast game, here's my money. And they say, okay, we've made this new Dreamcast game with your money, here you go. Sure, okay. Like, I mean, come on, like, yeah. every, like everyone wins. They got to make the Dreamcast game they wanted to make, and the people who wanted it got it. Is it easier to develop a Dreamcast game today? I mean, it seems like it would be way harder to develop for Dreamcast. I know. I don't, well, uh, that's a good question. Well, Dreamcast always suffered from that problem where... The bootloader got out. Like, I guess they could set up a... I don't know. They've got to be able to do it with the bootloader because you could emulate other stuff anyway. So even if you don't have an actual Dreamcast debug kit, you could code your own, uh, your own software for it. Did you guys hear about the um, Nintendo cartridge? The super, super rare one. It was like for oh, right. World Championship. It, ends, it ended up selling for $100,000 on And eBay. it was a pretty lousy the, version of it. Like it was all like the, waterlogged and ripped to shit. Yeah, the buyer backed terrible. out. Saying oh, it was really? A, saying no. it was a mistake. Yeah. Oh, man. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, yeah. Buyer claims mistake. What mistake? He was just bidding on it because to be – I'm sure it's like some 
fucking kid who's bidding on it to see it go up. Oh my god! But this, it's still like this is a, such a rare game of only one one of only one hundred and sixteen cartridges ever manufactured. There's starting to be some Nintendo spe- World Championship was designed for a nineteen ninety U.S. contest. There's starting to be some spe- some I don't know some worrying about that because that it's not real. Well, that cartridge came out, and then three others also came out on eBay this week as well. So people are starting to suspect that there might be a larger cache than 116 out there. I can see that, but I could also see someone going, I could get $100,000 for this little thing. Right. Why not? I mean, if you can counterfeit that, I mean, for a hundred grand, or they could just, they could just counterfeit it too. I mean, someone could, they could absolutely decide to manufacture it. I mean, right. This, yeah. There, this, there may be a factory pumping these out now. I mean, you will notice that you can't actually see anything on the label because the label is almost entirely destroyed. Mm-hmm. There are, there have been other ones that it, are It is completely that. destroyed. It's not partially destroyed. No, it says, it says Mario. It says Mario. It's got Mario written <laughs> Someone wrote it, it in, in like, pen. pen. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Mario, as some people here would say. So I want to go back to my point. I finally found it. League of Legends female characters where revealing outfits is from Kotaku. Yeah. Two revealing for Iranian hardliners and thus two revealing for an Iranian esports tournament. According to Iran's World Cyber Games Facebook page, the tournament has banned female League of Legends characters. They were banned to comply with Iranian customs. So there was a tournament in Iran, and they uh, they wouldn't let you use any female League of Legends characters. Hmm. So, yeah, so it's, you know. I wonder if... So Iran and UK, you guys are boobs. right there with progressiveness. I wonder if they'll do a thing like we're in World of Warcraft... In the Chinese version, some of the assets are different than in the North American version, and if they'll have a localized version for regions like that that do comply with their requirements, I can see that. I mean, like, I don't know that Riot's going to go to you know that amount of effort to like reskin all of their heroes or like all of their champions. Sorry, <laughs> uh, for you know for the one region. Although they do already build like a ton of skins for all their champions, mm-hmm. they could maybe limit it. Well, yeah, clearly, like, if they're trying to sneak porn in their but, file title. But here's days. the other thing, though, about that is that if you, like part like so much of their almost all of their business is based on you being able to buy different skins. What are they going to do? Make an entire suite of skins just for this region? No. Yeah, mm. no. yeah. I mean, I, I could see them putting a little bit of work into it if if the market is big enough. But I feel like this market might be kind of small for them in the overall picture. Uh, so maybe they won't dedicate too many. I mean, also to they it. already print money. They made six hundred yeah. and was it six hundred and twenty-four million dollars last year. I they're not. They're not lot. hurting for it. I, also, I, I have to say, if I was creating something and somebody came to me and said, "Hey, you have to change your game for our market," and I didn't agree with the <laughs> reasons behind the change, I would give a limited experience to that market. I think the only way you're going to affect change on a bigger level is to say, look, we're not going to comply with this. You can either take the game as it is or we're going to remove those characters if, you know, maybe might make, you know, that concession. Mm-hmm. But then the people there get a lesser experience. And this is what you get for the laws in your country, which, mm-hmm. you know, supposedly you have some say in how those laws are created and made. That's a really good but, point. Theoretically. Um, but that's, it's also not at all uncommon to change from a Japanese to a, to a Western release. Just recently, Bravely Default had a whole bunch of, uh, well, I say a whole bunch, I more like a couple outfits that were changed from their Japanese version to their Western version. And honestly, the Japanese version, like, wasn't even a huge deal. Mm-hmm. There was one that was, um, like, a chicken, like a, in like a, you know, like a bikini with, like, a chaps kind of thing, um, I think. And they changed it to, like, a bando top and shorts. And, uh, and then there was another outfit that was, it basically looked like a whole lot of straps, which frankly looks uncomfortable and not all that, you know, well, efficient for right. battle. But... You know, it was like everything was covered, but then they went and put a black bodysuit underneath it anyway. Mm-hmm. Really weird, not huge, huge changes, but that is not an uncommon thing so, for, for different regions. I'm actually kind However, of glad. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't realize you had more to say. Oh, sorry. But, you know, 
coming to, like the entire Western market for Europe and the U.S. is a little bit bigger than Iran. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Bravely Default because uh, I read something about it recently. This game has really piqued my interest. I'm, I'm, I, I like RPGs. I played quite a bit of JRPGs. Uh, I was not planning on picking up Bravely Default, but I saw that they have an option you can set where you can turn off random encounters. You can set random encounters to be normal, to occur 100% more frequently, or to re- occur 0% of the time. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like, yes, I would like to grind for a while. Yeah. No, I'm done grinding. Right. Thank you. Exactly. I mean, I understand the need for the random encounters you know, to grant you experience and items and and currency in the game, but once you get to a certain point, you just want to. You're done with it. You know, there's no need for it anymore. It's a relic. It's a holdover from old days, and I'm glad to see this option in the game. It did always get annoying in Final Fantasy. You get like you max out your levels for your entire party, and you've got all this stuff. And you're still fighting dudes. Although, I mean, I guess in most JRPGs, you can get items that will reduce or remove random encounters. Mm, yeah. Well, but, here it's just but a setting. Here it's yeah, just a setting. You don't have to go so. through that. Uh, well, we're at time. We've got to wrap up we here. we got two more things to talk about. Two though, more things. Which I think it would be relevant. Speed round. You guys were talking about Steam Machines being upgradable. They had to ex- they, they announced this. And you guys were talking about the that. Alienware the Steam Alienware Machine. One the Alienware one. The Alienware. Mm-hmm. That it, they're saying that it will be upgradable. Well, I think, is it upgradable or is it you can go ahead and you can change parts out if you want? I think, I think that's the what we're saying. It's just saying it's a PC. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it depends on how they build it. Like, you know, you've got a MacBook Air here. All the components are soldered to the motherboard. Like sure. you could never upgrade this machine. Yeah, I think, yeah, you could never upgrade this machine. <laughs> you know, if they built a steam machine like that, where everything's soldered to the motherboard, then yeah, you could never do it. But this one, you might be able to get in there and swap out a few things. And I don't think steam machines have any kind of restriction on the size of them. Like that's not part of the the spec for a steam machine in any way, is it? Is it, are we talking about steam machines or steam boxes? Steam I mean, machines. Steam machines. They, when they were before they were actually announced, everyone yeah. called them steam box. Yeah. So now but it's confusing. Now, yeah. So it's confusing. They. They're the same thing. Steam machine. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure I'm not naming a vacuum, basically. But <laughs> I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier, that sometimes you have to explicitly say stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, even though they're like, well, what? why would they say this? What? But Because probably people are saying, well, they're assuming what? it's a console, so you don't upgrade console, so you won't be able to upgrade Steam machines. They, well, Alienware has previously said that you could not upgrade their Steam machine. Really? Yeah. yeah. And so now that's why they're, they're saying this to clarify that, wait, you can upgrade the it. So pr- the there's price a mixed point message. for some of these, people, I, do not, I would want to be able to upgrade it. People need to get... I, I, I feel like this is kind of a misstep. You know, you need to get your message straight, straight and tell it as it is. You know, this going back and forth gives consumers – makes them worry. Like, well, what, am, what are you really well, getting? Well, especially when the message is part of a – we're going to a uniform spec. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what the Steam Machine is supposed to be. It's supposed to be kind of a black box for everybody, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to be able to buy. It's more of a console experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, the, and the Steam Machine thing with all of the different options, like all the different – makers and every like all the different things that you can get that's already confusing enough without having mixed messaging from from the individual manufacturers on top of it Mm -hmm. you know and like here's how it works and here's what they can run like it's all it's all a little bit confusing if you're not already a a pc devotee which i feel like is sort of what steam machine is aimed at it's aimed for people who don't already have monster gaming machines and what is the steam machine initiative if it's not a standardization 
I mean, we already have PCs that there's, run there's Steam There's really games. no standardization here in the Steam machine. I don't feel like that's part of their strategy. But what is it then? What, what is – why have a class of machines called the Steam machine? We've been asking ourselves that question for a long time. <laughs> <I see laughs> Let us know when we figure it out. <laughs> I see it as, a, as an attempt to have some kind of standardization across the PC market. With no standard hardware. <laughs> With no standard hardware and <laughs> no standard names. Okay, La- well, last item, Neil Blomkamp is rumored to be directing the upcoming Halo TV pilot. Yes. I don't believe that for a moment. It's definitely one, one of the things from the rumor mill. I don't believe it. Yeah. I think that Neil Blomkamp, the guy who was originally going to direct the Halo movie when it was between Universal and it was Fox. Universal, I thought. Universal, yeah. It was two, two studios oh, was coming it? together okay. to make it. And uh, that, everything I've read from that dude, that was such a negative experience. And one of his first experiences in Hollywood, I can't imagine he would, he would go back no. to directing Halo. But if he, he does, I'll be very happy. Well, he said as much. He said he wouldn't go back in 2009. He was like, yeah, I don't. That, that was horrific. Uh, and then... But last year, uh, I think when he was promoting Elysium, he, also, he, was, he was like, you know, I do really love the Halo world and the mythos and all that sort of stuff. The issue that he had um, a big problem with was, I guess, it was there's Universal and there's Fox and they're like, let's make it a big shoot 'em up And there's Microsoft going, we want it to really reflect the game. And never, no one could decide exactly what it was supposed to be. And they had all these people making all these changes. And he had no control whatsoever. Um, and he said that's what he had like, that's why it was such a negative experience for him. And if he had control, he said he would like to be able to do the movie. Well, maybe then these circumstances are good to what he wants. I mean, if you look at what Microsoft did with Ford Unto Dawn, you know, they didn't have all these external factors pressuring them. They made what they wanted to make. And it, it was, was amazing. Right. And it, went, it turned out really, really well. So I, I still don't believe this rumor, but uh, it's out there. Right. It came from the very credible Latino Review. No, no, actually, <laughs> they have posted stuff. I first heard about Latino Review when they were posting concept art from the Halo movie. I know. I, yeah. I have no idea who these guys are. I don't know. But they, they, they get big scoops. They really scoop. like they, Halo. They do get big scoops every now and then. Uh, in his. Uh uh, there was a quote from Neil Blomkamp, which we referred to the Halo movie as a clusterfuck from day one. <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's time to wrap up. Okay. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. We'll be back on uh, Monday with another episode of RT Podcast and next Wednesday with another episode of The Patch. And if you're watching from the UK, sorry about all the sex talk. <laughs> S-E-X. We'll try harder next time.